episode 95, Todd Richardson. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, today's guest has been an inspiration to me for a long time. He's one of the most authentic people I've ever met, and he brings that trait to his love for employee engagement, and the marriage between those two things outputs some incredible work that this guy does. Todd Richardson is the CEO of Edge Mentoring, where he lives a personal gift in his skill of building thriving workplaces or organizations that embrace the whole person development. And Todd believes that this is the game changer on employee engagement companies and managers that take into account the whole person are the ones that thrive. He's going to share some stories and equip us with some ideas to make the workplace and our teams very real. Todd Richardson, welcome to Gut Plus Science. I am so excited to have you here today. Let's get right into the key concept that you believe impacts employee engagement most, which is whole person development. And let's start by having you share, you know, how do you describe a whole person development or let's like define it to make sure that we're all on the same page and then share your heart for this. Like, how did you become such a big believer in it? Yeah, broadly, whole person development is the recognition that all of us are made up of more than just our professional selves and that care for our personal and our spiritual selves deserve the same attention, the same care, the same feeding and development that our professional selves deserve. And and our professional selves typically get the lion's share of that attention. And when we respect and appreciate and intentionally care for all the aspects of our lives, that's when we develop into who we truly are created to be. Oftentimes we focus again solely on our professional development and neglect the other dimensions of who we are. I know as a business leader, as a business owner, I would often focus strictly on my employees' professional selves. And I I wouldn't take into account all the other pieces that really make them who they are and uh, allow them to achieve wonderful things. But oftentimes we, we put up a false barrier on what can be accomplished because we're only focusing on one part uh, of those individuals and those individuals' lives. I'd love for you to talk for a minute and share maybe some impact or ROI around organizations. You work with lots of organizations that do this. They practice this, leaders that practice this. So maybe share some stats or some data on organizations that pour into the whole person development and how their outcome is different. The holy grail of employment, the holy grail of business, I believe, is employee engagement. And we know that when you have engaged employees, you will have better business outcomes. You're going to see an increase in productivity. You know, studies would show that for those companies that invest in employee development, they're going to see at least 10% uh, increase in productivity over those that don't make employee development a priority. Companies that have higher engaged employees have higher profit margins. And latest that I saw was 93% of employees stay longer if they're invested in. And LinkedIn posted that study. And it, it it's such an intuitive thing to think, okay, if I'm going to care and feed for my employees and I'm going to take care of them in all aspects of their lives, well, surely they're going to trust me more. Surely they're going to have uh, increased loyalty and 
surely they're going to be more effective and impactful in their jobs. Yet with that being so intuitive, there are a ton of managers and leaders and overall businesses that neglect that as a, a key tenant of how they operate with their employees. Todd, as you know, and you experience all the time, so much of shift in an organization comes from a mindset change in leaders. What typical mindset shift, if you will, do leaders need to make to really be able to embrace the whole person at work mentality? Yeah, this is an interesting one. And, you know, I don't know if you you know this, Nikki, or not, but I, I am a recovering attorney and specifically a recovering labor and employment attorney. And I used to counsel my clients to keep personal out of the workplace. Don't engage about life outside of work. Keep professional in one box and personal in another box. Work is work. Personal is personal. Never the twain shall meet. That type of legalistic, uncaring, and frankly, short-sighted approach to people management is, is just plain silly. And I have seen the error in my ways. It is not loving. It is not caring. It is bad business. And as a way to, uh, to atone for my previous attorney sins, I published a few pieces years back entitled Disobey Your Attorney, Get Personal. And I think the other one was Disobey Your Attorney, Share Life with Your Employees. And both of these focused on the importance of whole person care. As business people, we need to not just acknowledge, but to accept that we are all a sum of our parts. My employee's professional self is just as important and impactful to my business as their personal self. And in many cases, their spiritual self. And I can be the most polished, developed professional out there. But if my personal life is in shambles, it will impact my professional output. And such is the case with all of our employees. I don't care how many degrees you have, how accomplished you are professionally. If you're fighting with your wife or struggling with parenting or riddled with anxiety and unable to sleep, your professional self will be compromised, period. And as employers, as leaders, we must care for all the dimensions in our employees' life and allow them the space to really tend and develop all those areas. And as leaders, we need to be overt about the importance of whole person development and ensure our actions follow our words. The days of following a more legalistic, keep personal in one bucket, professional in another bucket, those days are long, uh, long past. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, what it looks like in an organization where leaders build relationships with their team members and really have relationships and understand them as a whole person. Like, just kind of walk us through what does that environment look like? Well, uh, the one-on-one meeting is probably the best example for us to talk about, right? It's, It's the thing that almost without fail, regardless of the industry, regardless of the company size, the geographical location, one-on-one meetings are uh, a common way to manage and to engage with our employees. So do you start each meeting asking about the employee? How are they doing? How is their family? How was their softball game last night? How was their child's choir concert? I had a colleague, dear, dear friend, uh, Les Gleaves, who was a lifelong professional development guru. And whenever we would meet, he would take a deep breath before 
saying his first word and ask, how are you? And he asked it in a way that required more than a one word answer. You know, I ask my kids every day when they come home from school, how is school? And the reality is it's more out of repetition um, and more out of kind of a requirement and routine where I say, you know, how was school? I am expecting a good answer. And then they scurry off and I scurry off and we don't think about it again. Les would phrase his question in such a genuine way that when he was asking, how are you? It was begging for a more robust answer than the simple good or I'm great or living the dream or however uh, folks fill space when asked those questions. And I would challenge all leaders. Are you asking questions? Are you being genuine in your approach around how are the employees themselves doing? Are you learning about your employees? Are you figuring out uh, what's weighing them down on certain days? What's, uh, what's, what's on their mind? What anxieties do they have maybe outside of work? Or do you do what most of us do, which is you're thinking about all of the various items that you need to hit in the one-on-one. And as soon as the Zoom pops on or as soon as the individual walks into your office, you immediately go into tactical. Tactical, while productive in the short term, does not win in the long term. During this COVID time in particular, where we're all I I don't care how mentally stable you are. COVID has really put everyone at different times in a bit of a tailspin and uncertainty and fear and anxiety is rampant with our employees, with our managers, with leaders. And during this time, I've adopted really a 50-50 rule in that if I have an hour-long meeting with folks I plan on spending the first 30 minutes talking about how they're doing, how their families are doing, what they are doing to stay mentally and physically sharp. I intentionally spend half of all meetings not talking about work and instead ensuring that real connection is being made. So the bottom line is, do you, do you have a relationship with your employee that uh, you even know what their passions are? outside of work, what causes them anxiety, what their goals are both in and out of the workplace. Are you helping them achieve those goals? Do you even have a plan to help them achieve those goals? I know that sounds overly simplistic, but you don't, well, we all need to remind ourselves, you don't have to leave your humanity at the workplace door. You can be caring, you can be loving, and you can be inquisitive with your employees about them and what makes them tick and play an active role in those lives. And going down this path of real authentic conversations, give us a little bit of advice on how you share yourself as a leader. You know, Brene Brown is so good when she talks about vulnerability and transparency. And I, I am generally in an open book with my employees. Uh, If there are things causing me concern, if there are bright spots in my life, you know, things outside of work that are exciting, things that I uh, am drawn to, areas of of interest where I put my time, my family's time. I I try to share those. I try to model transparency and candor, but also vulnerability. If I'm going through a health scare, I typically don't get into gross details, but I'm happy to share with employees, hey guys, my, my head's not in it today. 
dealing with some health stuff. Would appreciate your thoughts, prayers, if you're so inclined. And uh, hope to be back on my game next week. You know, it was probably, let's think about this. It was probably early April. We were just a few weeks into the COVID uh, shelter at home order. And for the first time in heavens, you know, 25 years of working, I woke up on a Thursday and for the life of me, I could not turn my brain on. It just wasn't working. So I sat at my desk and I was attempting to, you know, take care of meetings and do tasks and, and tend to the day's work. And it just wasn't happening. We had a big team call and I was just transparent. I said, guys, I know we have an hour to talk about this, that, the other, it's not happening for me today. I don't know if it's depression. I don't know if it's anxiety. I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if it's exhaustion, but I'm going to uh, be honest with you. Uh, I'm not going to try to fake it. And we're going to postpone this meeting uh, until a day when I have my head in the game. And you could just see in their eyes, there was a number of folks and we were all on a Zoom that others were feeling the same way, but no one quite knew how to voice it. And just by me sharing a little bit about myself, what I was feeling, you know, it was nothing, it was, it was a raw statement. It opened the door for them to know that they can share themselves, their feelings more openly in our work setting. And that helped to really set a culture of care for the whole person. I also want to hear your thoughts around, you know, half of the one-on-one meeting, spending time in personal conversation, just getting to know what's going on and knowing them as a human, whether you spend the 30 or 15 or whatever, how do we make sure that that's not a check the box? I'm going to ask the question and quote unquote, listen, but the difference being like active listening so that our people feel heard. When people feel heard, uh, a couple things. Number one, if I'm the listener, and Nick, you're, you're my employee and you're sharing different parts about how you're feeling, what you're doing, concerns you have, I don't listen and move on to the next thing, right? I parrot back what I heard. I empathize with you. But then even most importantly, I remember it. And, you know, for those of us that are getting up in age and I'm uh, becoming increasingly forgetful, I have to take more notes. So let's say you and I were having a meeting. I use the note function of my phone often. Uh, If there are things that I need to remember, husband's names, wife's names, kids' names, uh, issues that a certain kid is going through, if I'm hearing those things from you, I want to make sure I remember those things. And then also remember to bring them up at a later time. We, we all know how to be dismissive listeners. We do it all the time, right? You hear one thing, you nod, maybe you smile, but it's in one ear and out the other. People know, we know when someone is really listening to us, when they're parroting back what they're hearing, when they're asking probing questions or second level questions, third level questions. We all know how to do it. What we all don't do and I'm throwing myself in this group, we don't make the time always to be active listeners. And the one thing that COVID has taught me uh, in spades, sometimes the 50-50 rule is, is just mandatory in how you operate. It is imperative for me right now, for my own mental health, for my own mental wellness, to be able to connect with people at a personal level before we get into the guts and gore of work for that day. 
And I would say, as you're thinking about being an active listener, you know, focus on all the parts of active listening, but also just make sure you're, you're creating the space. And then when you do it, ensure that it's not in one ear and out the other. Ensure that you're able to recall it, ask about it uh, at a later date. That means the world to employees. It means the world to all of us when someone truly cares to be able to ask again. And heavens, if you want to uh, get extra credit, follow up with a handwritten note. You know, hey, Nikki, thanks so much for uh, sharing uh, the other day. We're going to all get through this together. Uh, just want to let you know that I'm always here to listen and to help you in XYZ pursuit. You've been in the employee engagement expert area for a long time. This has been a, a passion for you for many, many years now in this pandemic and just this new world that we're all struggling through together. What has been your greatest learning when it's come to engaging people? And what else have you done differently or learned that you had to do to evolve? your engagement practices with your people during these times? Frequent touches is important. You know, there have been so many learnings through COVID and through the pandemic. You know, I've learned that I waste a lot of time on things that are not value added. And COVID and the pandemic has shown a a bright light on those things. And I've been able to start weeding those out uh, is kind of one area. And I think a lot of our employees uh, feel the same way. The second thing I do, you know, Slack is a, a wonderful tool and I try to make it a point to reach out to each of my employees at least every other day and daily if I can. And it doesn't have to be anything more than a, hey, checking in on you, hope all is well today. Let me know if, uh, if I can be of assistance. But I think what happens is we all uh, escape to you know, the dark corners of our houses and apartments and condos. And it's easy to get isolated and to feel like you're on an island. And, you know, you may go to a regular office on a typical day and you may go shelter up in a conference room or, or shelter in a corner of the office and not have much engagement with people. But when you look up, you see folks, when you walk to the restroom, you're having some level of engagement. Uh, when you're going to fill your water bottle, you know, you're going to have water cooler talk. Well, that doesn't happen in this pandemic world. It's important for us to still create those collisions, those, you know, kind of interactions that that you would otherwise have if you were face-to-face or in an office, but that aren't natural when you're, you know, cities away in some cases. How do we as leaders facilitate more of a authentic relationship building platform for our people where they're, you know, outside of the one-on-one that we're having with them, really doing that among the team that they work with? Any insight there? Well, I am a big fan of creating space and letting employees fill that space with things that are important to them. Uh, affinity groups is a great example. You know, affinity groups were kind of the rage, I don't know, over the last five, 10 years. But the problem with affinity groups is companies, executives would start the affinity groups as to what the groups that they wanted to see versus letting the employees drive the affinity groups. So I think as leaders, one thing that we can really push on is create the space and the opportunity for employees to devise and come up with affinity groups that are important to them. 
and then allow them to play leadership roles. It allows them to show up to the office, show up to the, you know, whether it's live or virtual, and to be able to bring others in the workplace together around topics that are important to them. The other couple big ones that I, I would consider is as leaders, as we talk about whole person development and caring for the whole person, I go back to my old, you know, legal days. Never, ever would I have counseled an employer to have personal goals included in someone's uh, annual review and annual goal setting process. But something I do now is, you know, whether it's written down or followed up in, a, in as stringent a way as we do professional goals, but I ask folks, okay, it's a new year. What are your personal goals? What are things that I can do? What are things that the team can do to support you in those? And that's more of a systemic process-driven way for all managers and leaders to bring up the topic of personal development, personal goals, to hear what's important uh, to the individual, and then to genuinely ask, what can I do? What can the company do to help you achieve those goals? So you work with lots of organizations and leading and helping leaders to engage their teams and their people. So you're in all these diverse workplaces. And I'd love for you to share a story or two around those that have embraced this whole person approach or asking for personal goals as part of what we share in, in building our teams. Any stories come to mind that you share? When I wrote with Santiago Agile Engagement, we were able to research a ton of companies really across the nation in, in all different industries. And one company, uh, dear friends, uh, first person here uh, in Indianapolis actually, does a really good job from the top down to allow the opportunity for employees to bring their whole selves to work. And you know, I have a good friend that works there who's been very public about his struggles with depression. And at first person, it was, you know, very privately, uh, the owner and those around him would come around him and support him. And then it gave him the confidence to actually be more outward with uh, his struggles and what he does to combat depression to the point that he's doing webinars now. And what I loved about it was it was out of affection for him as a person for the company as a whole to kind of wrap their arms around him when it was still more of a private thing he was dealing with. But that that level of support then pushed him into a spot where he had this confidence to share with others. And him being able to come out and talk about his battle and struggle and tools to overcome then made it okay for others in the organization to also share and express and seek support for mental wellness and, and mental health challenges that they were dealing with. And I don't know of a business that has not been impacted in some way, shape, or form by employees challenged with mental health issues, but I'm still unbelievably shocked by the stigma around mental health and mental wellness and the fact that many leaders don't want to address it. I don't know if it's because of legal risks. I don't know if it's because 
it's just still thought of as a taboo topic or thing, but we need to be able to destigmatize mental health and mental wellness to be able to really get to the heart of whole person development and care for the whole person. And I've seen first person do that in a really compelling way. And I believe is, is kind of a model for that type of approach. Such a great story. And it goes back to like your heart for this topic around whole person development. It's really like real being real. When we show up and we're like, Hey, yep, we're going to fail and we're going to fail forward. And it's okay. It's like those workplaces are just so staggeringly different. Absolutely love talking with you today, Todd. Thank you so much for your time. We're going to take just a quick break here from our sponsor message today and come back to our lightning round where we get to learn a little bit more about our guests and their personal side. We'll be right back. If you know me, you know how important it is for me to get fired up and get myself in the zone. When you're at your best, feeling positively challenged and energized, time flies and things just flow. One of our partners on this show is called The Zone. They're a perfect partner because they help you and your team crush your goals by unlocking the obstacles holding you back from getting well and in the zone. And as a special offer for just you listeners, they're offering 10 free coaching sessions on how to unlock the power in your team. So you can claim your spot, grab one of those 10 spots at www.thezone.co forward slash gut science forward slash coaching. That's going to be available in the show notes. All right, we're back on Gut Plus Science with our lightning round and Todd Richardson is here and we're going to ask him our, uh, our key questions and just get to know him a little bit more and how we can follow up with him after the show. So Todd, either a favorite book of all time or a recent read for our leader listener audience? So recent read, or at least recent for me, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by John Comer is uh, a must read. It was kind of my must read of Q1 2020 highly suggest that one. You know, the other most impactful book, at least for me in the last, call it two years, uh, is Halftime, similar to Second Mountain by David Brooks, but it really speaks to a life of impact and how best to kind of arrange yourself as you're uh, in in the middle parts of your life. And what are you going to do for kind of the second chapter, the second act? Is it going to be a life of of selfishness and pursuit of things, or is it going to be pursuit of impact? How about a hobby when you're not working? I thoroughly enjoy collecting bourbon. Also don't mind drinking bourbon, but uh, I love the pursuit of prized bourbon. All right. And then how about a favorite vacation spot? It's where I'm sitting right now. It is uh, up Lake Wawasee in uh, Syracuse, Indiana, where my wife of 20 years and I got married and where she is from. I could uh, live here and sit in the red rocking chair that I currently am for the rest of my life and be very, very happy. And Todd, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you after the show? Email best, Todd at edgementoring.org. Would love to hear from you. Would love to uh, talk whole person development. Would love to talk mentoring and uh, anything else on your mind. Love, love conversations of all kinds related to this topic. So thank you for having me on. All right, here's my truth you can act on from Todd Richardson today. Number one, spend half of your one-on-one meetings having real conversations around how are you doing? How are we doing? And make people feel heard by remembering what you heard and check in. Use systems to stay up on conversations like the note section on your phone. Number two, 
Now more than ever, our people need increased touches or check-ins. So personally check in at least every other day. This could be a Slack message or a text message. And number three, create space for employees to connect with each other. For example, if you offer affinity groups, great. Just remember to empower employees to come up with the best topics that are really the real things that they're wanting to engage around. So with that, we'll see you next week. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.